Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a podcast about wine, about people, about stories. Here you can learn all about wine from the number one region, I'll say in the world, doing it. I say that because what is happening in Paso is beyond lightning in a bottle. Napa has been getting cab and zin from us for decades. Now Napa's best are coming here to play, to plant, to live. International regions that we've idolized forever are consulting with winemakers here and collabing here in exciting ways. The scene here is just undeniable, and there's still a long way to go, I know, but the people and their passion here is infectious. And I am confident no place is on the top of their game more and with still so much trail of exciting and a great unknown in front of us to blaze, it lights me up inside. It's why I'm here. It's why you're here. And I'm so glad you are. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Wow, well, I have Paso wine in my veins right now, not just because I drank a shit ton of great wine last night at the Paso Wine Annual Gala, but last night was just such a high. I mean, the who's who of Paso wine gathered within these four walls at Rava Winery to celebrate their annual gala. I mean, there's Justin Smith of Saxum over there. Oh, there's Janelle Ducey. Oh my God, that's Jordan Fiorentini. Guillaume, who just bumped into me? That's Chris Eberly. Like, Joe Barton, I just saw you this morning. Josh Beckett, he's got a cast on his arm. Like, I just saw you on the pod what happened he had surgery heal up well my man i mean it was just a who's who absolutely so cool anyways just the heart fulfilling evening and it felt so good to see people hang out with all of them in one room because that just never happens Shout out to Jamie Guzman of Paso Wine, who planned the evening, just killed it. And the whole Paso Wine team, Joel, Chris, Jen, Carol, just absolutely on the top of their game. Well done. I emceed the evening where we were honoring Wine Industry Person of the Year, Eric Jensen from Booker. We also paid tribute to Austin Hope, who is moving off the board after 14 years of service. So it was just a blast. I will say we talked to Eric Jensen and Justin Smith of Saxon, who introduced him. And that combo will be the next episode. And I cannot wait to share it with you. Now, before we get into today's conversation, I'm excited later for our Travel Paso Spotlight. Today, we're talking to literally my favorite storefront, downtown Paso. If you come to Paso, stopping by this store, even just to meet the people, walk around, it's just so worth it. And I think it's a mandatory to do. I'm talking about the general store in Paso. And later, we're going to wrap with Jolie on why what she and her two partners, Jillian and Aaron, came up with has hit such a direct bullseye, not just for customers, but for local makers and more. It's going to be today's Travel Paso Spotlight. Thanks to TravelPaso.com. Always another must visit before you plan your next trip. But for our conversation today, excited to share with you two massive ranches, brands that have thousands of acres that are just breathtaking. Ancient history, literally. One was an ancient seabed. One was a native hallowed place for indigenous Americans, both with creatures of all sizes that live uninhibited that you would mostly see in a zoo. But the best part about these properties is they have thought super out of the box for ways to share it with you. Santa Margarita Ranch, 14,000 acres, 1,000 planted in the southernmost area of the Paso Robles AVA. Santa Margarita even enjoys its own sub-AVA named after it, home of the estate for Ancient Peaks Winery. Fossils, bones from the ocean, they're literally sticking out of the ground here. And that's not like a rare find, that's an almost daily one. They've got train tracks and airstrips, you can zip line over the vineyards, take foraging tours by foot, or enjoy it Wild West style on horseback with my friends at Central Coast Trail Rides. 
Next, Halter Ranch, 2,700 acres, 200 planted in the Adelaide District, where Adelaide Road meets Vineyard Drive, a property of just pure beauty. You're greeted by the most peaceful and picturesque Victorian house from the 1800s. In the distance, you could see the covered bridge, super rare. They also have train tracks, also got an airstrip, a beautiful winemaking facility, caves and more, and these wildlife corridors they have cameras on, and they share these incredible videos of all these wild animals that they've thoughtfully allowed to cross through the property so they can access the ranch how they want, reach water, etc. It's incredible. Now, both these places are just wondrous, and we'll take you to both today with hopes that you will visit them both tomorrow or on your next trip. Doug Filipponi, co-owner of Ancient Peaks, is one of my favorite men. He's a strong ranch cowboy type, big sense of humor, even bigger heart. I haven't seen him in a minute, so I'm definitely excited to. Kevin Sass, winemaker for Halter Ranch. We have some history. We actually went to high school together in Southern California. Go a Gore Chargers, baby. Kevin is immensely talented, he's loyal, he's a franchise player, like he finds a brand and he sticks with it. I love that about him. Like I've never faulted people who make wine for others and then wanna make some on their own or whatever, but there's something so loyal about these ride or die winemakers, like say Jordan Fiorentini from Epic or Kevin who you'll meet today from Halter, who have such a solid position in their brand, such a solid relationship with their owner, that when you ask them, like, hey, do you ever wish you made your own wine? They look at you like, Adam, I already do. This is where you are so comfortable in your situation. You're so trusted in your craft. You're literally home. I think that's so cool. Okay, so we show up to Halter's newest location. It's on the east side of Paso. It's called Halter Ranch Estrella. Estrella means star in Spanish. It's the name of also one of the east side sub-AVAs here in Paso wine country. The location of Halter Ranch Estrella is at 46 East and Airport Road, right off the highway, across the street from the Ravine Water Park. Cannot miss it. I show up with Georgie. We sit outdoors cause, well, it's not raining anymore and it's absolutely gorgeous lately. This really is an incredible time to visit. Not only would you beat some crowds, but the blue skies, the ocean, the green hills. This is my favorite time of year. You can see forever and deep breaths feel like food for the soul. Let's get right into it. We're talking about this place, Halter Ranch Estrella, and what it used to be and some of my memories from it. Let's go. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is done. Get out in the trees, it will simplify good company. This is funny because we're in a place here that, I mean, shoot, I remember when Foley had this, it was Firestone. It was Firestone mm -hmm. to begin with. I came here back when Adam built this thing. Really? Oh, yeah. There's an apartment upstairs, right? There is. Still I've stayed yeah. in it before. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. One time. The band Little Texas was performing oh, nice. at the California Mid-State Fair, and Jeremy and I, we did a Cork Dork show here with uh, Paul Warson at the time, who was the winemaker for Firestone, and then went over to the fair, and Little Texas came, and we, we kind of we kind of partied with the country no. band for a minute. But it, it was cool, and so, like, yeah, there's, there are accommodations where we're at. We're on um, the east side, 46 Highway East, right at Airport Road, and you know it because... 
we now have a really popular water park right across the street, which I was joking with Kevin on the way in. It's like, during the summer, mom and dad drop your kids off. You've got Halter Ranch right across the street now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous to go tell them about everybody over there about this because we don't want to take their business away, but that's yeah. what I would be doing. I'd be dropping the kids off and saying, see you later. I'm going over here. I have a glass of rosé and some food. Do they have a beer and wine license? I don't know. They, they do. They yeah. must. They do, yeah. Well, that, that's going to be your first placement. So <laughs> yeah. Get on who's ever <laughs> if you're not there already. I mean, like, kegging it for them, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is really cool to have both of you guys here. Doug Filippone, it's been a long time since you and I got a chance to hang. Yes, it has. I think we were, it was brief. It was a, either, we got to spend a few moments at the fair, but it was right. it was it was be- before the fair, so it's been a, it's been a year. What is a typical Doug Filipponi workday? Because it's funny because both of you have very different tasks, you know, on that you guys are about to accomplish day to day. But both very busy, and I'm curious what a typical Doug Filipponi day consists of. There is nothing typical. That word doesn't fit anywhere. Uh, yesterday morning, rose up, loaded my horses, went and branded calves till 2 o'clock, then raced to the tasting room, did a sit, meet, and greet, and tasting with a, a buyer out of San Diego, and then home, and then back to the range for dinner with another prospective person. So that's just day yesterday. Today, day to day, you know, race down there, meet, have a meeting. In the meantime, prior to that, reading about 40 emails that you got to, read and, and try to d- dissolve in your Are you brain. good with those? Emails? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Like, do you like to have your email box completely empty, or is it a mess like mine? I have mine completely empty. I really? do not. I do not. It, well, if one comes in, I... It, no. You conquer I've it. seen some of these with 295 emails in there. I'm like, how do you even I actually s- sleep I at night? I probably look like a serial killer. <laughs> you, you 295 is baby just, stuff. Just give me, my, give me your phone for about 30 minutes. I'll right. clean that up for you, my friend. <laughs> Kevin, what does your email box look like? Are you it's a- the same as Doug's. I file really? them. When, once I respond to something, I file them so that I only have in my inbox probably 20 to 30, and those are 20 to 30 are things that are pending that i got to make sure get completed. Yeah. Once they're completed, filed to... So it's almost like, like an a, inbox. It's almost like a to-do list. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Dang. Like, hey, I haven't responded to this person. It's been a few weeks. They, they're kind of lower at the bottom. I better get back to them. It, it's, it's a way for me to stay organized. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to have to show me how to do that because yeah. I typically I'll respond right then. Or, yeah. you know, maybe good. maybe 30 minutes later if I have to go get some answers. But <laughs> I'd rather put them in a file and come yeah. back. But then the files well, no. would be full. No, the, the, the inbox file is what I have to do. Once I'm done with it, I move them to, the like, a different subject down on the side. Oh, right? on and, the like side. It, and so that means it's done. And then if I ever have to reference back to something, I go back and just open that whole folder up, right? I just right. Put, send it into a folder. See, that's good. So, this is, is good email Very advice. organized. Yeah. We're going to spend tw- <laughs> 10 minutes afterwards. Well, show yeah, me how to do I that. know. Well, I like both. I mean, like, both of you guys are more admirable than what uh, the mess. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll look like a hot mess if I were to open up. Even like my old AOL box, it would look like a hot mess. <laughs> I love this. One thing that I think is so cool about the two of you, who know each other moderately, but I think after this we'll get a a neater understanding on one the similarities and the differences that we appreciate but both of your brands are just over delivering in the amount of hey we're we're it's far beyond wine for us there's so much more we want you to experience and both of you also are in that same venn diagram of just this desire to share your land i mean yeah. fourteen thousand acres santa margarita ranch it's an incredible place it's its own piece of the paso wine AVA that's super uh, intricate and important and i mean what we've been able to do with that ranch and the way you've been able to share it is impressive thank you thank you adam and that was kind of the the real reason 
reason why we first, number one, opened the tasting room was to be able to get folks to come in and see, you know, the center of the ranch is actually the town of Santa Margarita, and then we surround it. So uh, later on, you know, we came up with the zip lines, and that zip line has been great, getting people to come out. They actually get a vineyard tour. They get, you know, an hour of monologue as they're driving in and out on the history of the ranch and a lot of the animals that are there, this, the, our sustainability model, our cattle program, lots of other, you know, it's a very diversified program there on the, uh, the Margarita. And as you say, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, you can travel the world and try to find something that matches it. I got a unique look at Santa Margarita Ranch of late. Saw pieces that it's just simply can be described as like the Wild West. And it was when I linked up with my friends at Central Coast Trail Rides. Oh, you, you <laughs> did good, good job. And if you're listening, you got to check them out. Central Coast Trail Rides, what he and his wife, what they, they got this company, they do such a great job. And they really... Um, personalize like hey what's your experience with horses how old are you what do you and they put you on the right horse for someone like me for someone who's like maybe um younger but has a lot more experience like they'll dial you in and yes then what you get to see we walk through the creeks and we walk through the beds and he's like look over there that's a bald eagle nest look yeah. over to the left that's the bald eagle watching the nest i yes. mean it is unbelievable where where we have them stationed is is one of the prettier spots that you can enjoy in a short period of time because the ride's only like an hour and a half yeah. right and you're on horseback and you're you're as you said you're going through the creek trout creek there that's obviously flowing beautifully yeah, i can imagine <laughs> Might need those horses probably be like uh-uh, i'm not going through there right now <laughs> they're going through but they, they, really? they wow they pick their way through. They've got a good spot to take them through. It's yeah. all hard bottom. You know, cool. the, the biggest problem with crossing horses in water, if you don't know what's underneath, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can go down. Which is you not- got everything out there, like the wild boar. You got tons of everything out there. Bears. Bears and lions. No yeah. tigers, oh my. Yeah. But we do have, <laughs> we have more cougars than we'd like to Are have. there pieces of the ranch that even you haven't ventured to see? You're like, yeah, over that hill, I know I own it. But, like, I've never been there. That's a great question because there are places that the only way you can get to it is on foot. Yeah. (laughs) Early on. Yeah. Back in the end, the, when we were first there, we went a lot of places because you just wanted to see it. Most of the time, it's by horseback, those, those, por- those portions that you just can't get to. And even on horseback, very difficult. But most places I've been, and that's one of my most gratifying part about taking people on tours, I get to go over and look at our own ranch. That yeah. I'm not, you know, in Phoenix or someplace else selling wine or doing, you know, something different. I'm out there actually on the place that created it, and it, it really is gratifying, and it's great to share. Kevin, have you ever been on their zip line? I have not. My brother has. He's has been he? over there with his kids. Yeah, he said it was a great time. They asked us to go, but we were uh, we had something else going on and didn't get a chance to go over there, but definitely want to get over there dude. we'll have to get so you you're back not afraid out. of heights or anything you're, you're no good not at all yeah so no. kevin and i went to high school together doug yeah oh agora hills no way southern california what's the chance a couple of... years older than me but yeah then i know you know his brother from high school too yeah. and it's funny because his brother and him they look they look a lot alike yep and they were just like these ken doll super handsome <laughs> athletic like they just you're just like i want to be that guy <laughs> yeah any, just any one of the sass brothers i'll just i'll be either one of them like oh, shoot buddy. no but uh, no agora hills it's pretty cool and, and it's agora really hills cool to see what i'll be darned that's i mean that's pretty random that you guys would end up in the same little town in oh, the yeah. same kind of lifestyle 
style of, of uh-huh. uh, you know, wine, food, and, and radio. And we're going to talk about all the different ways you can appreciate Santa Margarita Ranch. But as we're talking about some of these things, I know, Kevin, you're thinking like, oh, my gosh, there's so many similarities at Halter Ranch. I mean, the history, what's going on. I mean, you guys, one thing I love about, we talked about this on our radio show a few mornings ago, was that wild corridor that you have a camera on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you will catch the crazy, I mean, Sasquatch, Chupacabra, <laughs> Woolly Mammoth. You're seeing everything over there. Yeah, no, I mean, that. I think that's, it's interesting as there is such similarities between, you know, Doug's property and Hondurk's property in a sense. You know, they're bigger, but we're 2,700 acres, a little bit different terrain out there. It's more on the west side. And what's great is that everybody has, both owners have said, hey, come see this place. It's magical. We want to share it with you. It's not fences and, hey, stay out. It's come in, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what the opportunities that, you know, we've been allowed, you know, on both sides of this. And, you know, you, you go through our property or you go to our Instagram account and you see, you know, there's one specific uh, video that was posted that our, I really our, encourage folks to do that. Yeah, and it's it's literally what's called the Johnson Spring, which is the the natural spring that is on you know the west side of Paso and up in the mountain Adelaide Mountain Range. And at that same spot, there's a rotation of basically about eight different animals that come through. It's you know obviously the standard with turkey and raccoon, and then it works its way into elk, um, you know mountain lions, you know, and a wild boar. And it's just fascinating to see how much actually does really go on in these places. You know, you know, or it's funny. I think we're in a world right now of, of the you know the drama Yellowstone, right? And everybody wants to be outside and see these. Everybody ranches wants and... to be Doug. Everybody wants to be a cowboy. Everybody's <laughs> yeah, cowboy hats, are, wranglers. Know? They're out there yeah. going crazy, and everybody wants to be Yellowstone. Yeah, and then really, yeah. I mean, it's just outside in our own backyard and here in Paso, you have a lot of those similar experiences, just in the sense of like there is true wildlife out in, in these parts, and it's real. There's nothing like being on a horse, just where there's no roads, no trails. It's, it's, it's magical. In pretty country, yeah. and you're riding a horse. And, you know, Ronald Reagan said there's something about the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a man. And I know today they would say, you know, a person, but that was, yeah, I no, quoted yeah. him his, <laughs> I quoted his statement. But, I love it. But it's really true. I mean, horseback, uh, when you're horseback out in the, in, you know, in the wild, as wild as we can be, which is, you know, no cars, no roads. It's it's it is magical. It's, I, w- I would be curious if he said that when he launched his gubernatorial campaign at Halter Ranch. Yeah, that's so crazy. Because he actually landed there and launched yes. his campaign there. And where where so would be cool. a better place for him to say that? Than, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I'll bet you could say that he did. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. He did. He did. He did. Uh, didn't he? Wink, wink, wink. Everybody. <laughs> yes, he was. He totally. Uh, he totally did. Well, and it really, you can't deny there's so much cool history uh, there at Halter Ranch from. Of course, that airstrip that now we're using today to have wine club members and folks who want to fly their planes in and can taste with you, which is unbelievable. We'll talk more about uh, just the, the car tours, the ancestor tree, the railroad. Right. You've got so many different ways to appreciate the ranch. The house, that beautiful Victorian house right as you drive in. It was in the movie Arachnophobia. Right. Uh, I want to say late 1800s, right? Yeah, built in 1880. Yep. Porch then, wrapped around on top yeah. and bottom, like just go inside. Super cool. I've been able to like lucky enough to say I've stayed there. Right. It's almost like saying you swam in the Madonna Inn. Like <laughs> stay in that. I've stayed in that Victorian house. It's so cool. Talk about some of the the little landmarks and the pieces that make that ranch so special yeah. historically. Yeah, I think you know first and foremost is that airstrip. I mean, the McGilvery family. It was a hunting destination. People flew in. They landed there. They hunted the property prior to you know it being vineyards, um, and that's why they put the air strip in you know they had the victorian house which is where they lived and of course eventually you know phased that 
out from the standpoint of living there when we bought it, but it was, you know, used in the filming of Arachnophobia. Um, and then, you know, over time, Hans-Jörg has put in his own version of these monumental things, you know, our covered bridge, which we do br- dinners on, people have gotten married on, um, it's what you drive over when you come into the the winery in the tasting room, you know, it's yeah. kind of like the old, the old world of halt of halter ranch slash McGilvery ranch segues into the modern version, which is the winery, the caves, the tasting room, all those things. So the covered bridge is a huge part of, there's not many of, of those in the state. No, I think there's actually one in Paso Robles, but other than that, I don't think there's many at all. Um, and it's, you know, it's beautiful. It was built it's gorgeous. Oregon wood and brought down just the story a, of how they brought it here and put it back story together in itself. Yeah. yeah. Come to the bridge dinner and you'll hear that one. It's absolutely amazing. You know, and then Hans built obviously a state-of-the-art facility with a gravity flow winery and caves um, and you know revitalized the airstrip I mean literally people fly in from Oxnard Ventura San Diego on you know three four five times a weekend and they land on the airstrip come in have lunch you know take a sip of wine and spit and then fly out right so, yeah. can, can yeah, you just yeah, like, you have like to. a tasting room educator like you know pouring somebody you know like the ancestor red or whatever and then getting on a radio being like 32 are you're like you know, <laughs> yeah exactly you're clear for landing well, and it's amazing, like you, you pointed out, this, the similarities of the two ranches. You know, we've had an airstrip there since they filmed a John Wayne movie back in the yeah. 20s, 30s. You know, that airstrip has been revitalized. Oh, and, good. And it's, uh, we're not, <clears throat> it's not open to the public yet, but at that, you know, that's a future thing. Maybe the trains, it? It, it, yeah, it's, it's cool. coming. The trains, you know, Rob's had the, the train there. The old with Disney old Disney train. The Disney train is there at. Uh, at like the legendary old Disneyland train. And I'm sure our, our two. Uh, owners have touched bases on uh, on the trains because those are. I always tease Rob and tell him he didn't play with trains enough as a kid that he <laughs> now he plays with big trains. Rob so, Rossi, yes, Rob that. Rossi, yeah. yeah, and and he's got so many friends that are in that kind of train world, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it and and then the similarity with the animals, um, you know, we have this uh, learning amongst the oaks for the little elementary school there in town. So they have a path that they can go from school and they walk through the ranch. Very close to where you went on your uh, your trail ride when you went out with the horses, and they go through the oaks and and then back to school, and they have cameras all along, and and then they'll show them the pictures of who was there at night walking on that trail, and there were bears, and there were wild pigs, <laughs> no and there were way. and there were lions, and all these animals in the night are using the same trail these kids get to use during the day, so it's quite a learning experience. Let's for talk them. about the heart that one has to have for conservation to have this much land, Kevin, right, but. Still Still allow for all of the animals that want to play into that ecology to play fairly and do what they want to do, access water, get to creeks, get up to food, get up to the tops of hills if they want to. These wildlife corridors are super important to you. Yeah, they're, they're, Halter Ranch is 2,700 acres on the west side, and um, we have about 200 acres planted to grapes. There's probably about 300 within the deer fencing um, in general, but the rest of it is oak woodlands, and there's no intent of changing that. And, you know, Hans Jorg over time, especially within the last, you know, 15, you know, 10 to 15 years of, of passer and I don't want to say specifically the West Side, but at least in his world, you know, the West Side kind of being bought up and things changing out there, you know, made a, a very serious attempt to acquire land um, with the intent of making sure that it doesn't become a monoculture out there, that you don't drive out Adelaide Road and see nothing but vineyards, right? And that, so, you know, he wanted to do that because he has obviously a long history of conservation. And, you know, he 
you know, as much as he we are we're organic, and as much as he loves the vineyards, he also doesn't want to take land away from the animals and the natural part of you know what's out there. And it all is one big big ecosystem, right? I mean those those mountain lions get foxes and foxes get squirrels and we've got a lot of squirrels you know what i mean and we need to get rid of some of them i'm sure you're cool with that (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm happy for that whole ecosystem to thrive right Right. you know we have owl boxes out there and they go get all that and and certainly when owls come down there's certain animals that go after the owls you ever work with falcons the falcon you know we don't have a problem with um birds okay so i mean we don't need a falconer for the bird damage transplant because our our vineyards are so spread not spread out but there's so much between the trees and they only coast so far in and then they go back out so we don't necessarily have any issues with that. It's it's really more the squirrels are the biggest problem that we have. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're happy when the, the coyotes and everybody come in and grab all that stuff and hunt those things down. Doug, talk about the wildlife out there and how you guys have, you know, looked at your property over the years and you know made sure that you know like like kevin says that this is this is going good for them too so we have all of those wildlife quarters we're very cognizant of that and then of course you know like you we use owl boxes bird boxes bat boxes all those boxes to try to do as much natural warfare on the on the enemy as we can and then the ground squirrels oh my god (laughs) we have uh red tail hawks and bald eagles and eagles i actually was i Probably, and I've asked, I've told this story about seven years ago. I was sitting on my phone, which I'm on a lot, and I watched this squirrel uh, running across. And this red-tailed hawk comes diving down, grabs the squirrel, and I'm like, "Oh, good, you got him." Then I'm, as I'm watching that, out of nowhere comes a bald eagle and rolls the red-tailed hawk and takes the squirrel away from him. And I'm like, "You're not going to believe this." I'm talking to this guy on the phone. <laughs> And swear to God, you can strike me right here, uh, Golden comes down and just dwarfs that bald eagle. And, wow. And, that, and the other two just evaporate. Yeah, and, and then they got the squirrel. The Golden gets the squirrel. So I'm like, God, you know, there's like a hundred other squirrels you guys could have got. Each, <laughs> right. Could have each had one. <laughs> had to fight over that one. Squirrel. Oh, the squirrels, why am I so special? So Only a hundred others? Right there, right where I was sitting. I'm sure. Oh my God, that's so funny. One thing that's great is you know appreciating the vineyards from 250 feet up is pretty cool. I love the Margarita Adventures and the zipline. I am one afraid of heights. I'm a big dude. I even talked to Carl Wittstrom, who's got hands. You know, we got hands about the same size. He's still a little bigger, and um, he's like, Adam, listen, we could put a bus on those. Yes. But you guys go redundancy after redundancy. Oh, sure. And he's like, we could stick literally a bus on that line and you'd be fine. So I, I if you are afraid of heights, which I am, I love the zip lines. Well, and the best thing is once you step off, you're not afraid of heights anymore because you're you're sailing. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've had so many people that were standing right there and they just wouldn't go and they wouldn't go. And I, and you know, you, you shoved just, them. No, no. <laughs> of course, of course. They wouldn't do that. But you can talk them into just take one more step. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, ah, and then they're like, yeah. And and then then, then like, they want to go on the next one. They run to get to the next one. The time I went on um, zip lines before, it was like in Cancun. It was in the jungle. Oh. I think the kid who ran it was like just some 15 years yeah, old. No, he literally <laughs> with like no shirt on. He's just no. like, let's go. And we did, and I didn't die, so it was great. But when you go to this, I mean, it's like you can get the GoPro camera. They have people waiting for you on the other side. You're slowing down. Like, it's so thought out. And you have, I want to say, six or seven different lines yes. now, including one where you can go with well, a person tandem. Parallel, yeah. Yeah, and then race them down. Yes. And then it's so 
cool. You even linked with Cal Poly to create like a robot that when uh, yeah. you're on that long one, it's almost like I want to say half a mile long. It's crazy. You're on that thing for over a minute. Um, this robot will come out, get you, grab your grab um, your, your harness, and then just wheels you slowly in. It's so cool. And that's only when the headwinds. You know, I mean, if you're yeah. if you if the winds are blowing and they slow you down, then they send the robot out. But, but they I'll slow my fat ass down. So they, I needed that thing to come out again. <laughs> so it was fine. It was cool. I love. It. I'm like, and then it's love that you like tapped Cal Poly and the engineers over there. Yeah. Like, let's come up with something. It's so cool. You know, Atascadero has a uh, robotics team, and really? the kid that actually developed that was a came from a Tascadero, went to Cal Poly, oh. and uh, and and those kids have won contests in, nationally. Yeah. They're like number one robotics team in wow. the U.S. It's amazing. And those we have now, we have like six of those robots. So. Flying over Pinot Noir Vineyards, yes, is probably one of the coolest things you can do. But imagine getting on foot and having someone who's a naturalist be able to tell you, like, as you forage and go and walk, take paths through here, learning about the botany, learning yes. about the flora and the fauna and the animals. You guys do that, too. We do. And, you know, some folks are just not, a, you know, adventurous enough to get up there and hang on a cable. But they would love to get a tour, go through, see the natural plants that they could actually live on if they were stuck out there yeah. and uh you know we're fortunate that we have folks that are trained to to educate people and take them on a tour and we get a lot of a lot of interest in that what are the vineyards of santa margarita made of so we're fortunate to have really five totally distinct soil types in just a small area i mean an area of of say ten thousand acres we have the granitics on the east side which come from the, the volcanism that took place, uh, you know, several million years ago. Right adjacent to that is this Santa Margarita formation, which it's named after Santa Margarita. And uh, it's, it's a calcareous sands and gravels, uh, uh, lots of fossilized oyster shells. It's sure an ancient seabed. It's an ancient seabed. You can pick up things that are the size of a basketball and it'll be like a... It, that are 14 million years old. Uh, it's unbelievable. You go like by that Oyster Ridge event center you have? Yes. It's phenomenal. And it's named you, You'll that. walk by something three feet like a little, you know, little, like a little sidewall thing and you'll see them sticking out of the earth. That's right. And that's yeah. the way when you look across the vineyards, you see this white spots everywhere. Those are those 93% calcium yeah. uh, fossilized oyster shells dissolving into the into the soil. And then right adjacent to that is about a 2 million year old uh, a formation called the Monterey Shale, which you have out. Mm-hmm. It travels up towards your area as well. And then a little further to the west is, is the another volcanic uh, uh, formation, and that is uh, the Atascadero Formation. We don't know how old that is. Yeah. It could be billions. Now, it's interesting when you talk about ancient peaks, which if on the freeway, you would access it right at the top of what we call the Cuesta Grade. You'd get off the Santa Margarita exit, you make a right, and you go into town. Now... Uh, who knows as the crow flies, but to drive to Halter Ranch, you would drive probably 10, 15 minutes on the freeway. You hang a left, you go towards the ocean, mm-hmm. and you're on the 46 going to Adelaide Road. Right. And it's so interesting to see some of the uh, really historical things, Kevin, like, I mean, the, the, the largest coastal live oak in the world right. is on Halter Ranch's property. Right. Some similar soil types. It's very interesting because I think as you work up that Monterey formation that Doug was talking about, we have a lot of that. We have a, a also a very interesting tall volcanic plug, which is the highest point of our property. Property. Obviously, it raised, you know, fairly high considering where we're at because we're at 2,000 feet at that point. Um, but then you have, you know, the, as a crow flies only nine miles from the ocean, you know, basically Cayucas is the 
you know, closest proximity to us. And it's, yeah, it's splattered with, you know, a bunch of interesting stuff, predominantly oaks, you know. And, and like you said, we have the largest coast live oak on record, which is a um, Quercus agrifola, which is a coast live oak. So we have two different types of oaks out there. We have the, the coast live oaks, which, you know, stay green year round. And then we have the, the valley oaks, which are go dormant. So it's, it's I mean, this tree is so big that at a time they thought it was two trees. They, yeah, they actually thought it was like six. Because oh my God. <laughs> they, interestingly enough, at one point, the, the original building, um, as we started to build the winery, you know, basically he's like, oh, wow, this is one tree. So, you know, this is a guy who, who spends his vacations going to see General Sherman and all these places. He's like, hey, this has got to be one of the biggest trees on, on record. So he called the National Forestry Association. They came out and measured it and ultimately was anointed the largest coast live oak on record. And, you know, as, as our owner, Hans Jorg, you know, has told me, Plenty of times the ranch was here before you got here. It'll be here when you're gone. Um, he did not associate the, our flagship wine as the name of something from his from his business or any of those things. He named it the ancestor tree because that tree was around when the Indians were roaming the grounds. And like you said, we'll be you know be here when we're all gone. You know the tree's 700 years old and didn't blink in this whole storm that we had. God, I cannot believe the similarities of these two places. We have the largest valley oak. There were two of them. There's, they have a stamp on them. It was from U, the the UC, USGS or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, no, the UC Davis. Oh, uh, I mean, from from those folks, and it is like you said. It starts here. It ends way over there at the right. building. Mm-hmm. I mean, this valley oak is huge. Its sister, the number two tree, exploded two years ago. It just, makes- just. I mean, lightning. It, it just disintegrated right in front of us. Every limb broke I don't off. Get it. It's like just, what? Because it's weather? like it imploded. It's just like it just blew up. No lightning, no fire, no nothing. How do you know? Well, because well, no there, fire, was no, but... there was no strikes. Uh, you, you know, a lightning strike would, you, there'd be a, a black big, mark. Yeah. Is big, it? Big chart. You yeah, must I mean, have seen lightning hit trees. Oh, you, they'll hit them. Yeah. No, it'll split them. I mean, there's you know. been some really incredible proof from archaeologists and professionals that there was this was definitely a, a land that the Native Americans used heavily in a lot of ways. Definitely. I mean, we've we've found bowls. You come into our tasting room, um, you know, or excuse me, into our winery in the admin building and right off to the right. I mean, there is there is bowls that were formed by Indians that were no shaped. Way. And, you know, just below that Victorian house that we were talking about earlier that was filmed, Arachnophobia, you know, you basically have a natural spring, which w- flows year-round. Um, and it was actually the McGilvery's used it all the way up until the 80s as their source of water. But certainly that was a, a high point for an, an area where the Indians wow. gathered because you had natural running water year-round. So that was how they would go down there, get their water, you know, come up, drink it. it it's, it's amazing. That spring is, there's concrete built around it and it constantly flows and it trickles over the top. And so the constant flow of the spring, there's no mold, there's no moss, there's no algae, wow. there's nothing. It's crystal clear year-round. I promise that we're going to get to the wines. There's so much <laughs> fascination with both of these properties. You guys, after you guys took over the area, what, maybe 10, 12, 13 years ago? Well, Hansberg bought the property in 2000, and I came on in oh, 2011. Okay. So there was some initial winemaking there, but it was predominantly a grower um, operation right. where he supplied fruit to local wineries, and that's how I became, you know, 
knowledgeable with Hans Jorg, and then ultimately when he decided to build winery. How did you get that gig? Because you came from Justin. Right. You're making wine for a very esteemed, popular winery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're making wine not only that has been has helped make a, a name for blends in this area uh, since the early 80s with isosceles, but a winery that, although way out there, is something that's you know very popular. They just got their first Michelin star. How did you get to Justin, and then how did you position yourself to move into Halter? Well, it was... I spent, you know, 12, 11 years at Justin, pretty yeah. much, from 2000 to 2011. And, um, you know, Halter Ranch was the large... Well, Justin was the largest purchaser of fruit from Halter Ranch. So I had a relationship with the vineyard manager there, and then ultimately with Hans Jorg and his son-in-law, you know, over that decade. They poach you, kind of? Um, well, it, this, is well a tr- this is a true story. I have to tell you this, because you'll appreciate this, Adam. I think you know Hans Jorg well enough. Um, you know, I got a call or a, a text from the vineyard manager, and he said, hey, you know, Hans Jorg wants to come over, and he's in town and he wants to, you know, taste through some of the wines or see what you guys are doing over there. I think this is when they were planning on building a winery at some point. So we're I'm sitting there and we're processing grapes. I mean, this is during harvest. And uh, sure enough, he comes driving up in, and you know, he comes into town in this plane and he comes in and he drives up. Hans Jorg, I mean, you got to know who we're talking about. Yeah. He's just, you can Google him. He's yeah. like one of the, probably the, one of the richest people on the planet Earth, richest person in Switzerland, big business guy, big donor guy, activist guy yeah. with the environment. So yes, but yeah, he's our owner, big and, dude. And he comes in and, and he comes in in a, literally a rented Kia, a tiny blue Kia, <laughs> and he gets out with his son-in-law, <laughs> driving driving himself, <laughs> and he yeah. walks over. And it, I mean, at that point, I mean, that's just him. You know, yeah. once you get to know him, that. it's like there's no there's no person driving no him. Pretense, there's no Lincoln right? Navigator with a drive. It just doesn't work that way with him. And so he would come over and we talk and we. Show him what we're doing. We taste through his barrels, and I think just the relationship over time. When he decided that he needed somebody uh, over at Halter Ranch, um, you know, he just asked me if I was interested, and I didn't, did ha- didn't have like, to think about it. <laughs> did you feel like? Do you feel like you have? Um, obviously, he. You're coming into this with him, you knowing that he likes what you do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's there's resources here. You know, he's going to go and build something that is just like to the nines and he's going to think of everything and he's, he's a thoughtful right. dude. Did you think like, I mean, this is a good, I, I got to figure this out. Like, did you go, I got to, how do we negotiate? Do you just spit a number out? Do you go like, I'm going to go real high because like, how do you get yourself in there and go like, cause you're the, you're like a, a relationship dude. Right. You don't want to bounce at a winery to winery. You want to be somewhere and, and put your, your foundation there. Right. Well, it wasn't much of a thing to think about, and you got to put myself yourself in the situation that I was at at the time. Um, you know, Justin had just sold. Justin and Debbie were two of twenty people at my wedding, and they were no longer there. Um, it was a different company, and they were obviously getting larger at the time. Quickly, and, quickly, quickly. And yeah. I and I at that point, you know, I I, li- I love making wine, and I love making wine on a smaller scale. You know, when you start to get to a point where you don't get the opportunity to go see your vineyards all the time because there's just too many, and it's it, it can get big like that. It got and the person that bought Justin was a, a, an entity that does things on a big level. Sure, and and you know they're doing what they're doing, and yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, sure. But the, the the old the old ways of you know eleven o'clock nights with Justin and Debbie dropping off pizza, you know, wasn't going to happen. Nobody was no owner was dropping off pizza for us anymore after that, right? I mean, I wasn't there for Harvest, but I'm just saying that yeah, that, no, that, that feel was gone. And so here was an opportunity to start a brand that had, had really didn't have any momentum at the time with a brand new winery. That's cool. It was just, it was just an opportunity. And, and I told Hans Jorg, you know, when I got hired, I said, you know, I, my, my goal is to interview twice, resign once and retire once. Right. And I interviewed with Justin initially. I resigned from Justin 
interview with Hans Organ. I want to retire at Halter Ranch. That's incredible. It, it, it's, yeah. And it's it's been great. I've been very Have fortunate. you ever thought of it as someone as talented as you? And I, and I love asking this of folks who are with an organization like that where it's just so nice and things are dialed in. You've got a great owner, great. Everyone's on point with the mission. But have you ever thought of, like, making your own wine? You're like, oh, I want to, like, you know. No. No, never. Because in my opinion and my feeling, I make my own wine. I mean, Amen, Hans, brother. Hans, you're does not sit there and say you need to do this you need to do that yeah you know he says you're you're the person for this and this is this you're making this wine my name's on the back of the label right next to his because he's the owner and i'm the winemaker and so i don't need to have are you a little nervous when you take some of these blends to him like obviously you're not making (laughs) wine for him you're making yeah and he trusts you to make the wine he's not a winemaker yeah but he is your owner he is the yeah, and it, and then, you know what? We have a, a truthful enough narrative that he has told me there's certain wines that he doesn't like or he doesn't think what? works well. Tell me one story where he told you a wine that like Kevin, I'm not feeling it. Um, we had a uh, <laughs> the first time we made our effervescent rosé. He just he just said, I don't I don't think I like this one. He said I don't you know. I said that's fine. And I said it's selling really well. And he goes, Well, that's good. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that was the end of the story. That should have been the end, <laughs> yeah. right? So I mean, he never said don't make it again. He never said anything. He said great. You know, if it's selling well, that's the most important thing. Have you ever had to tell, like, whether it was Mike Siner or or back in the day or anyone? Because you got a good winemaking team, and and Stewart's been there for a oh long yeah, time. since he was a seller rat. Now yeah. he's our winemaker. Yeah, Siner's you know, Siner. Yeah, what's there more to say about Siner? Have you ever had to sit since... one down, you and Carl, and be like, you know what, we're just not feeling this? No, you know, I, I will tell you that that is not how we roll. But I will tell you that when, when I became the president of the Pass Rebels Cab Collective, our Oyster Ridge uh, from 2014 had a little petite straw in it. And uh, it was, you know, it was pourable there because it was a blend, but it was most it was all all Bordeaux with the exception of a little splash of, of petite straw. So the next vintage was coming out and I, I got Stuart and Mike aside and I said, hey, guys, uh, if you think you can make just as good of Oyster Ridge with all Bordeaux, I said, that would be really great. <laughs> if you can't, hint, hint, wink, wink, right? if you can't, I understand because I've always left it up to them to make the best wine. Yeah. The idea, the idea was to make the best wine. And so they looked at each other and they said, okay, well, we'll try it. So they came out, they came back with the, the 16 and it was a Bordeaux blend and it, was great and ever since that day the oyster ridge has always been a bordeaux blend if it's if it's not, you know if it's not worthy then it's going to go back to it's the not going it to happen right sure. right but that that's been the old the only time that and when we made the uh the transition from producing a syrah which was a beautiful cold cool climate syrah down there you know we're quite cool down like you we're close to the ocean and and we get a lot of those afternoon influences that that just bring the temperature down why we can grow pinot noir chardonnay there as well as petit verdot and cabernet so at any rate in 2000 and uh, the 2009 vintage we're like we're just not going to make any more syrah it you know people are you know we had too much of the shiraz issue and people were just weren't buying it so they came up with uh we we just told the guys hey take this syrah go make a blend make a blend of whatever you want so they made five blends and we all sat down together ownership and the winemakers and we picked the the renegade the blend which was uh you know half uh syrah this syrah that we loved plus uh 24 percent uh 
Petit Verdot and 24% Malbec. So it was it was a crazy blend. You know, you're blending Rhone with Bordeaux. Surely lived the up to Fre- its name. The French would, yeah. So we kind of went off the rails with a Renegade blend yeah. and came up with the name Renegade. And uh, it's been a great, it's been a great it's success. A fun wine. But but that that's other than that, those guys make the best wine, and that's the key. We want the best wine made. We don't need to get in the middle of it. We'll grow the grapes. You make the wine. You know, one thing that I like what you guys are about because of the plentiful vineyards, you guys are able to over deliver, and we're able to bring in. I mean, there's cabs that you have on the shelf that. I mean, like, maybe 20 bucks around, right around 20 and maybe if not a little over, but, like, they taste like a $40 bottle of Cab, and that's important to you, and I think it's a great calling card for the area and for the brand itself. Where was that decision to, look, let's let's deliver, let's, let's deliver value, but let's really over-deliver quality? You know, when you have three owners that are all in their mid-50s when you start a brand, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, okay, we can't wait 40 years to get to the, you know. Right. So we need to we need to hit the ground running, and because we grow the grapes, we make the wine, we bottle it. We're you know really ground to glass. You got your own bottling line? Yes. Where's that at? I got to get you down I there. Check out the bottling line next time. We'll do how it. cool? Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're uh, we're too fully integrated now. That's so cool. And and so we're able to hold these things together because we 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 can can because we can. Yeah, it's tough. I'll tell you, it's really tough. Yeah, especially, I mean, we're going to taste a little later on. I mean, you've got a, a cab that's, like, at the upper echelon of your portfolio that is really saying, hey, like, yeah, we, yeah, we got that, that entry-level cab or maybe this or that. Um, we're going to deliver you some good value. But, man, don't think that we can't, you know, show up with a wine that can go with that square plate at that fancy restaurant. Like, we got an upper-level cab, and that's really exciting. Let's talk about some of the other ways that um, Halter Ranch is expanded of late because we're seeing not only where we're sitting is the Halter Ranch Estrella location. Estrella named after one of the 11 sub-AVAs. We're on the east side. So as you come in from the Central Valley, which a ton of people do, mm-hmm. um, this is going to be like front and center to what you see on your way in. Like, you know, Toby, Eberly, these people who have enjoyed that, like, hey, we're right on the highway on your way in. Right. And this place was dormant for a while and i'm curious how you swooped it up and then i'd love to get into some of those other places even in the country that you guys are expanding and i say country not county yeah (laughs) yeah so this location uh was dormant for about four or five years Um, i think most people probably know it maybe initially as the original firestone yeah uh and then obviously it's across from the water ravine park which a lot of people associate especially local here and then uh foley had and it was called eos and not not the eos the big facility that was out on 46 kind of farther out that way but their EOS tasting room after, you know, at one point that was called Archiero, but now this is actually the EOS tasting room location. So there's no real winery here. Um, and what happened was, is over time, you know, especially with COVID, everything changed in our tasting room at our what we call our estate, which is, you know, obviously the 2,700 acres on the west side. And we've gone to a more, well, to a reservation basis. And, and there's there's been a lot of people who have been wanting to come out and and taste wines and do the experiences and things like that. And we've had to turn a lot of people away. And so after some time, um, we, we saw this building off and on driving to the airport here and around and said, I wonder what's going on with that place. So we, we contacted the Foley company and they had no use for it because EOS is a 
not the brand that you sell a lot of wine out through a tasting room because you can also find it at the grocery store and things like that. And this right. was, there was there wasn't any interest in keeping this place, so we we worked it out with them and we bought the property. And the the concept now is that we um, have this location for our wine club members as well as some others that we can talk about, where people can come over here and they can take their friends and they can taste through the wines. We have, you know, our executive chef Paul oversees this location too, so they have lunch here. Um, you know, full kind of full menu, and it's only three or four dishes, but you know, good solid food, the same thing you kind of find at the estate, good quality wines, and it'd be an opportunity for people to come over here if they can't make it out to the estate, or like, for example, what happened a few weekends back during the holidays where we were overloaded, or when Adelaida closed, road closed, mm-hmm. and people couldn't get out there, they redirected all of our reservations here and say, we're full at the estate, but you can come to the Australia location, still have food, still taste the wines. If you're a wine club member, you can come pick up your wine here when your wine club shipment comes in. We have a lot of cool things planned. You know, Vina Robles has their, their concert series, so we'll be doing happy hours for our wine club members out here. Uh, we've got, you know, we'll have music on weekends. So there's just a, it's just another opportunity for our wine club members to go to somewhere beyond the estate, or if they don't want to go all the way out there, they can come here That's great. and take advantage of it. Or you come in here from the 46 East, you're coming into town, you are able to hold walk-ins, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. then you're taking looks at what the ranch looks like. You're like, hey, right. can I? are you guys open tomorrow? Oh, well, let, let me get you a tour for tomorrow. Sure. You know, I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and, that, and you know, conceptually, um, they all is one system. So, you know, like you said, somebody comes in and says, oh, I don't know anything about Halter Ranch. They walk in the door, and then they go and they, they say, our, you know, one of our service members says, hey, we've got a, a barrel tour going on tomorrow morning at 11. Would you like to join that? I can make you a reservation right here. Oh, what's that? And then you got a video rolling on it. shows a little bit about of our barrel and production tour. Or, you know, we're also going to be opening up the train soon here. We had a little bit of damage during the storm, mm. but we'll be opening that up in the next few months and say, hey, we got a train ride taking off tomorrow, Friday at 11 o'clock. Would you like to hop on that tomorrow? Um, we're doing a hike on Sunday. Would you guys interested in waking up and getting some, sweating some of that um, weekend yeah. <laughs> wine out and take a hike over at the estate and, you know, see the vineyards and stuff like that? So, yeah, it's, it's a conduit slash amenity for our wine club members and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the, just whoever walks in the door. Not only have we expanded into Southern California, mm-hmm. Temecula, we're in Texas. We're in, we're in Texas, yeah. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Look at us. You're going to have to get cool. a hat now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Um, so we've been looking in down in Southern California in the Temecula area for a while, and uh, we found a, a place that was decided to sell for health reasons, and they sold sold to us, and that was in July of, of last year. And so we've opened up that as, as an alternate location, again, another place where we're Southern California club members or the public can go and, and get our wines. Um, we do have a couple wines from Riverside County, but a majority of them are from Halter Ranch from when our you, state. When you first start getting your hands on Riverside County fruit, are you like, oh my God, this is sacrilegious? Like I've, I know, I know international wines. I'm from Paso. I've made, I've been here. I've been France. Whatever. Or, or do you go, look, I'm excited. This is something or what, what is the, those thoughts in your head? Like the deep thoughts that you're not sharing with anybody <laughs> that you can now. Originally, it was, I was nervous. Sure. But um, I think that, you know, you kind of have to have an open mind and say, look, you know, 30 years ago, there was probably some Napa people came down here and said, like, what are you doing? You're really going to be in Paso Robles and make wine? And people are probably laughing from Napa, right? And so over a short period of time, I was very fortunate through the connections with the people that we bought the property from to find two vineyards that were interesting at least. But now that I've been able to work with the grapes for one harvest and got them into our own facility up here, I realize that there is potential down there. Um, 
th- both of those vineyards are organic, and that's our motto. We're that's organic. important to you. Right. It's very important to us. So we, we're not going to source anything that's not organic. And so we found, ironically enough, one vineyard that um, claims to be the oldest Zinfandel vineyard in California. The vines are planted in the mid-1800s. It's on the Pachanga Reservation, which is the very popular casino down there sure but this thing is actually literally amongst a group of trailers wow like i mean it's it's straight out of a movie old head trains in yes and not even i mean you're talking some of the stuff is just lying on the ground and growing across the ground i mean guys <laughs> our guys were picking them and the grapes were on the ground <laughs> because nobody does anything down there it wow. like i mean the gentleman who owns it doesn't do anything he doesn't even live there yeah so he's like oh yeah they've taken it sometimes the school has come and pruned for us sometimes we don't prune it all so they're not they're not doing it they, they no, doing so, so we they weren't doing anything before anyway. So we went down there. All these, so anyway. all these trailers were like, who's <laughs> all these people coming with these shears? What are they doing to our I mean, I, I pulled in. And I was looking around. I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't bring my gun with me. Right, yeah. like, this is this is interesting, to yeah. say the least. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, 150-year-old Zinfandel plants. I mean, it, it's fascinating. It's wow. really good. Mixed with mission. Okay, um, sure. And a little so, like Alicante Boucher in there too. No, a lot of these, no, no, yeah. So a lot of these things were kind of interplanted, weren't they? Together. Yeah, they were. And this this one in particular was separated. So we have the mission in the front of the trailer and the the behind the trailer, right? Um, and then there was another <laughs> vineyard that is actually in the mountain range between Temecula and the ocean, um, and it is it is by itself in pure volcanic rock. And ironically, Ronald Reagan is a big. He was the one who brought water up into that section because that was where he had some sort of homestead down there and was able to, you know, when he was governor, get water you know, through angles yeah. up into that section. And this gentleman planted a vineyard and he's 15 degrees cooler than, than they are in Temecula. So, um, which can get hot, which can get very hot. Yeah. And this soil is not sandy anymore. It's, it's volcanic. And so we got really, really high color out of the Saran cab, which I was like, wow, this is, you know, very fascinating. It's starting to get excited yeah, a little bit. getting exciting. And he cool. farms organically because he can't even put a disc or a ripper in the ground because it'll break because it's all volcanic underneath his all little rock. bit of topsoil yeah. that's growing a tiny bit of, you know, lawn putting green grass above it. I mean, it's beautiful up there. Wow. Kind of like um, being on the Greek islands. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, it was, yeah. growing it was on amazing. whatever yeah. nutrition it can suck out of them. And, and honestly, that's all we found. So so those are the two places we're sourcing from. It's not a lot of wine. It would be maybe four or 500 cases total between the two of them. So we'll supplement, you know, down there with that wine down there and then sell Halt to Ranch wine. And then your other question is Texas. And, we and you know, um, Fredericksburg, Texas is, uh, as many people know, very busy right outside of Austin. Now, I right didn't learn this until you told me. I Googled it. <laughs> it's hot. I mean, yeah. it's like 60, 70 wineries down there, all like be- like this, beautiful, immaculate. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. It's, it's been quick, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. I was there five years ago. And then I made another run through because I've got a nephew that lives down there. And I'm like, oh, there's a winery popped up over there. Oh, there's one on that hill. Wow. It's just like they can grow wineries quicker than they can grow grass down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. grow grapes. Yeah. yeah. Or the grapes. <laughs> they grow wineries they have, faster than they grow grapes. <laughs> a, a lot of times the grapes have to come from here. But right, yeah. yeah. They do have their... Yeah, so, so, I mean, uh, you know, again, the concept, if we can find something, we're searching for organic grapes down there, which will be harder, just as hard to find as in Temecula area because it's pretty raw down there. Um, but we're the, the shovels are in the ground and the excavated started and we'll build a tasting room, which should be done by about this time next year. And again, just an opportunity for people to experience Halter Ranch. We'll have a sh- our chef will oversee that property as well. The wines will be mostly from Paso with some from Texas um, to, you know, kind of support the region, see what we can do down there. And and venture in it but again a, a longer broader picture of just giving anybody an experience you know you fly down to Austin my brother's going down
down there for spring break if we were open. He might go to Hill Country. They call it Hill Country. Yeah. Um, with his wife and, you know, kids or whatever and go out and he'd go in and halt a ranch and taste some wines and have have a day out there. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, um, a movement towards giving our club members opportunities to see us in the other places yeah, and, yeah. and have more to be a club Especially ones in that market. You know, yeah, Texas absolutely. loves California. And away. Southern California is our yeah, largest California, volume. Sure. And then, you know, uh, Texas, a lot of California when, transplants. When, you, when Kevin Sass shows up to Temecula or, or into Halter Ranch, Texas, are you, is it like celebrities here? Like, it's it's got to be crazy. Not in my world. No? <laughs> I mean, I was bottling down there last week, and I was packing boxes and driving yeah. forklifts. It Just doesn't, like normal. But yeah. Meanwhile, the tasting was like, oh, my God, look at it. It's the winemaker from California. He's over there. Look at yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I, I, I sat down with those guys and talked to them about just like anything else. Yeah, you know, it's all good. Nobody's. Hey, well, li- listen. When Hansor comes here, nobody says the same thing about Hansor because he sits down and has dinner with us. And yeah. it's not about going after and seeing Jerry Lore or this or that. He doesn't no, do sure. that. He sits with us, and so that's the way we roll. <laughs> I really love your winery. It's. Um, I remember when you first, I, the first time I went into it, probably like you know, almost ten years ago now, and like you know, cedar walls and like look like Douglas fur roofs. I mean, it right. was a beautiful wood, gravity flow. Right. It's a really picturesque place to be able to make wine. It's a it's a rather charmed day, even on the most grueling days of harvest. Yeah, and that's, that's really what we're trying to show off now as the estate program. Um, you know, people have not had the opportunity to do tours because of COVID and everything, and now we're opening it back up. So, along with, you know, the trains and the hiking, and we have a really famous Defender tour where you drive around the property. The one that started already, because weather depends and it does, it's irrelevant, um, is, our, is our production and cave tour. So you can basically get to pretend you're kind of a grape walking through the whole process. You, you see how the sorting system works. You see how the crushing works. You see how the tanks work. Um, you go through and, you know, you check out our machine harvester, which is a fascinating piece of equipment. And then you go into the caves and you taste out a barrel. You taste an ancestor out of bottle. And then one, the one that's coming up out of barrel, the 21 vintage. Um, so we're starting that again. And, it, and it's been wildly, you know, popular because people just want to do that again yeah you know people just want to get out and they want to see and experience the whole thing yeah so you know those are all things where we want to give the people who come to the estate an idea of what the estate is really about um and not just you know belly up with 50 people and put your glass up and try to pour and get as many people in as you can right which is why we opened up the australia location because if you just want to come in and have you don't need to go through all that you just want to sit down have lunch try the wines pick up your club membership or whatever buy some wine for the weekend or for the super bowl that's it. The bottle that I have right here with the cab, <laughs> like this, this bottle feels full when it's empty. I'm sorry. Heavier the bottle, the heavier the score. This is a big ass bottle. I love it. Talk to me about that bunt is four feet up in that bottle. <laughs> I love this bottle. This is a presentation piece. Thank you. You know, we, <laughs> we had in 2013, we made this wine in 2013 and we were a little ahead of ourselves. You know, in 2013, <laughs> you know, we, you know the the those days cabernet uh in in a big way like this 24 months in french oak and you know in a in the best of the best of what we grew and we were a little ahead of ourselves but in 2019 this is the first year great that, vintage yeah it was a great vintage it's the first wine that we made out of our new facility at at 1650 our new our new winery those two combinations with French oak just made this. Yeah, this is a pretty, pretty. And this is top level ancient peaks. This is this is 
yeah, this as of 2019, good as it gets. I love it. <clears throat> uh, Kevin, break down this one with me. What do, what do we like about it? Well, I love the the dark fruit because I when I think of Cabernet, you know, I think of dark fruit, and um, I think of you know blueberries, alala berries, you know, the currants. I love all those things. And then what's important that you know I'm very familiar with with um, you know Doug's team and Stuart and. They do a lot of the same things we do with vineyard, with running phenolics and making sure that you balance these wines so that their color balances well. You get good tannin structure and you get the right mouthfeel. And you put that all together with, you know, good wood and you just end up with, with a really balanced wine. And I think that I think that's what you got here. You it's know, such it's a great cab. Thank you. This is something you pull up to the range and you get one of uh, you get one of their, their beautiful dinners. You get a steak dinner and you bring this beast in there. If it's not already on the list, it should be. But this is a beautiful bottle of wine. And I'm, because you guys are so into over-delivering and delivering value, I'm curious where this is priced for folks. I got a, I've got a fun game. You guess. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 90 I was going to go 85 That's a good one. $72. Oh, really? This, I mean, and this is a, this is a $100 bottle of cap. And it this comes out in six cap. Pack. Yeah. Oh, does it, it? It comes in six packs, so you can, and it's individually wrapped with a little cute stamp on it. It's I mean, a that's beautiful all the stuff. bottle of wine. And you never know. But it's you're funny. not going to buy another bottle of Cabernet for $72. No, retail. no, not like this. It's no. made this way. So if we want to go zip lining, if we want to go uh, to the tasting room, get some lunch. Um, Don't forget the horseback riding. Horseback riding. Central thing. Coast Trail Rides. Yeah. You have a uh, Jacob Lovejoy over there now. Is Jake chef. is our yes. Jacob's our chef. Best and burgers. Cody. So good. Uh, yeah. There's margarita beef. You can mm-hmm. get that in the burger. They have gourmet burgers yeah. with fig and brie. And you know, uh, Jacob does a great job. Ancientpeaks.com. Ancient Pe- ancientpeakswinery.com. APwinery.com. Either one will get you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then go for a tasting. If you see these on a shelf. Check out Ancient Peaks. Man, does it over-deliver. And then when you're visiting here, go into Santa Margarita. I always recommend hitting up the range. Incredible food. But if you want to get lunch at Ancient Peaks, they got great food. Jacob Lovejoy's incredible. Hit those zip lines. Have some fun and appreciate this beautiful ranch. Yeah. Check out Ancient Peaks or APWinery.com. HalterRanch.com. Get on the train. Get on the Defender that will drive you through the vineyards. Take a trip to the Ancestor Tree. I mean, there are so much to appreciate with Halter Ranch. Yeah, if you visit the website, you can go to the locations and you can actually select all four, any of the four, right? Make a reservation at Temecula, here at Estrella, over at the estate, and then go to the experiences at each individual location and and that will give you the opportunity to take a barrel tour, um, look at our signature events that they're posting here soon, um, which are dinners and some other things. You can um, look at the hikes, the train tours, there'll be some information about when that's up and coming. How much does it cost to fly your plane in? Uh, nothing. You just need to be a wine club member. Okay, then we're going to give you a free flyer, <laughs> free flyer wine in, free flyer plane into Halter Ranch. Be a wine club member. Check out halterranch.com. Well, I mean, I loved listening to the similarities of both these beautiful properties that are on opposite sides of this great Paso Wine AVA, but then to hear some of the things that set you guys as unique was really exciting, too. I, I love both of you guys. I have a history with both of you guys, so it's so much fun to have you here. Feeling uh, mutual, my friend. The Ancient Peaks Cab. Thanks for Cheers. sharing where wine takes you, gentlemen. Cheers. My Cheers. pleasure. Great to see both of you, you Kevin. Too. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. 
thanks so much to both those gentlemen who mean a lot to me, but more importantly, they mean a lot to Paso. They have both made their mark and we are better for it. Again, halterranch.com, apwinery.com, but go ziplining, margarita-adventures.com and get on a horse with my friends at Central Coast Trail Rides. Tell them that you heard about this from Adam, cctrailrides.com. We'll put the links in the show notes. I mean, get outside, hit up these places, or just look them up online right now on your phone and check them out. Okay, so for our Travel Paso Spotlight, the general store. Okay, what, you're highlighting a store, Adam? Oh, hell yes. You meet these ladies once, you walk in, and you feel that tangible, good vibe essence of their store, and you're hooked. Their location, downtown Paso, across the street from the park on 12th Street. Let's meet Joe Lee. Really happy to be here with you, Adam. Thanks it's so much fun to talk to you because, one, I just love the idea of being able to share what I love about the general store mm. with now, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are listening on the podcast, hopefully designing that trip to Paso and coming out. But really, what you ladies have been able to do in the last 10 years Happy anniversary. Thank you. Is something so incredible for someone who has not had the chance or know exactly where you are when they come visit here. What is the General Store Paso Robles? So the General Store Paso Robles is the result of this dream that we had, my two business partners, Aaron and Jillian and I. Uh, we all came from different backgrounds of as makers. Um, I was in the olive oil world. Jillian had a letterpress stationery business. Aaron has done everything from pottery to jewelry. She's the most incredible cook as well. And we knew how hard it was to support local artisans. You have to go to the farmer's market. You have to go to the cheese store. You have to go to this place and that place just to find everything that's wonderful and local. And we thought, you know what? It'd be really great if you could go one place. And so we knew that it would help makers because they don't necessarily want to have a storefront. And we knew that it would help people who are interested in kind of seeing what the Central Coast is about. And we have so many, obviously, incredible wineries. It's an agricultural mecca, right? But we also have all these people who are making other things, um, everything from incredible CBD bath salts, like our friends um, at Life Elements, but also jams and you know cocktail mixers. Paso Almond Brittle. Don't even get me started with Paso <laughs> Almond Brittle. So that's definitely got to be part right. of your trip. Um, yeah. So to be able to bring that, make it easy for people to appreciate the kind of the bounty of the area, as kind of corny as that sounds, that's really what we wanted to do. And and that's what we still, we still strive to do it every day. Well, the two things that I think that you ladies do so well, one is, yes, we're showcasing and putting a spotlight on these smaller brands that are right here. A lot of these brands will evolve into making something special, literally exclusively just for the general store. Yeah. But the three of you have a mind and a heart for curation that is really exceptional, whether it's being on the tip of the puzzle trend or <laughs> stickers are hot right now. I mean, you guys evolve with what's hot. You're you're leading the way in like kind of showing us, hey, well, this is kind of cool now. You're Thank always you. looking for stuff. And maybe sometimes you find a small company that's quality that maybe isn't from here, exactly. but you're willing to bring those things in too. That's, you know, I oftentimes say that tension is good. Most people think tension's bad. I don't want to be in a tense conversation. There is a tension between my partners and I as far as what we're drawn to, what we get excited about. There's a little bit of a, well, I, I don't, it's not the same for me. You know, Jillian might love that, but I'm like, oh, I want it over here. So that tension is part of, I think, what creates some something interesting as far as what's in the store. Because if it was just me, it would look a certain way. Right. They don't let it be just me, which is really good. If it was just Aaron, it would just be linens and cookbooks and it would be fantastic. But <laughs> there would be no scented anything. So the tension that we have between each other's tastes helps us, I think, create something that's a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, but also 
We want to be the kind of place, if you've ever been on vacation and you've walked into a store, I mean, you're on vacation, you have time. When you're not, when you're at home, you don't always have time. When you're on vacation, you kind of want to be delighted and you want to go eat somewhere wonderful, which Paso has in spades. I mean, it's incredible. You want to go spend the afternoon tasting wine. You want to walk into a store and you're not necessarily shopping for anything, but you just want to be like, oh, I didn't know that was there. I haven't seen that book. I didn't even know that this is what, you know, Yarrow smelled like, whatever it is. And so we like to have a space where people come in. They feel welcomed, number one, because I think that's what Paso is about. But it's also very important to us. And number two, that they find something. I mean, I'm going to be bad salesperson and say, if you don't buy it, that's okay too. But well, just don't buy it on Amazon. But (laughs) but if you don't feel like shopping, that's okay. Just to see what people are doing that's compelling and interesting. We really have a big selection of cookbooks and other books. Um, It's hard to, bookstores aren't as easy to come by nowadays. So we really love having things like that. But mostly we just want people to walk in and be delighted. And whether that's linens, these linens are made in France, but we picked out this stack and we love them and we use them every day. Or this is a soap with a little loofah on it that's made by Mickey at the Body Bean and she lives right up the street. So there's a little bit of everything, we hope, and it would just complement the other wonderful things you're going to be doing when you're visiting. And I love that Travel Paso is really making an effort to like find folks like you mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, or like at her table or just different things and really making a move to show how these things really also help getting people here. Absolutely. There's nothing harder than going to a town looking around in, or a city and saying, I don't want to make the wrong choice if I only have two days or I only have three meals or I only have, you know, 45 minutes. So it's so helpful to have somebody like Travel Paso to kind of narrow it down, narrow it down for you. And yeah. um, they're a great resource. Yeah, TravelPaso.com. we got Jolie here from the general store. So whether it's like soaps from Fable Rune or Bomb Standard and they got the chapstick, I mean... Yeah, we got great wine. Yeah, we got great spirits and a lot more here. But people are making these artisanal products that are really standing out. Quality, they make a difference, and it's local. What's really fun for us is we have a lot of, I mean, one of my favorite stories is um, Yes Cocktail Co. Lauren came in, you know, when we'd been open like nine months with a basket and that beautiful smile and was like, hey, do you want to taste some cocktail mixers? And I was like, I don't know. She's there everywhere across the country now. They're a massive an excellent business and to be a part of being like kind of a test run for her was and for Brandon, her husband was really exciting. And that's a role we get to play. Sometimes people will bring something to me and Aaron and Jill and say, you know, I made this candle, uh, I'd like to sell it. And we'll be like, well, how much does it cost? I haven't figured that part out yet. And so we kind of, you know, if we think a product has something really compelling and special about it, we can talk to the baker about, well, it would need to be around this price point. Yeah. And these, that doesn't work for you. We would kind of coach them on how to maybe don't sell it through us. You need to go sell it at farmer's markets or do whatever. We have that relationship with a lot of makers and it's been such a joy because it's hard. Many kinds of things you'll find at the general store. They're located downtown Paso, 12th Street, across from the park. I'd love for you to give them a follow on your socials at General Store Paso Robles. There's only one of them. You got to check them out online to generalstorepr.com. And when you go in there and you see one of the gals there, let them know you heard it on the Where Wine Takes You podcast. You will no doubt be delighted, as you put it. Julie, it's just great to see you. Say hi to the ladies. And thanks for hanging out. And Thank you so much. Where and wine takes and you. Um, please come to Pastor Robles, whether you come to see us or not. It's just a wonderful, happy place. We can't wait to see you. So much love for Jolie and Aaron and Jillian and that vibe that they've got and created with the General Store. Check out the General Store Paso. And thanks to Travel Paso for connecting us. Travelpaso.com for hotels, activities. they got some great leads for you. It's a great launching pad before your next visit. Travelpaso.com. Wow. Well, 
What a good show. So many good people. Like it's a good people overload. Don't forget our next episode. It is going to be a banger. Justin Smith of Saxum, Eric Jensen of Booker. We're live from Saxum's Hookah Lounge. It is going to be nuts. I can't wait. The three of us are actually on a text thread. And Justin just told Badger, which is Eric's nickname locally, to bring some 2006. I guess these were wines that Booker made at Justin's place. I am so pumped. That is the next episode. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson, associate producer Jim Bravo. Thanks to the one and only Jamie Guzman for fulfillment. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Original music on Where Wine Takes You, the song Good Company, performed by Moonshiner Collective. Check them out wherever you stream your music, or you can learn more about them online, moonshinercollective.com. Equipment transport and technical consideration provided by Fly With Wine. And do not forget PasoWine.com, the best resource before you make your next trip to Paso. Mandatory reading, my friend, PasoWine.com. And the next time you're getting your cruise on the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. My morning show, Up and Adam in the Morning, heard weekday morning 6 to 10 on Wine Country Radio, the Crush 92.5. You can stream it, Crush with a K, Crush925.com. We also got a free app in your app store. Thanks for hanging out. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. And until next time, I just love that we get to connect like this. Thank you for sharing the pod with a friend who loves wine, who loves great stories, or great passion in a great place. Lift that glass up, fill it up, and relish where wine takes you. And give me that sound, give out, and pass on down till the job is Get out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Give me that sound, give out, and pass on down till the job is Get out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Give me that sound, give out, and pass on down till the job is out in the trees, you will simplify in good company. With that moonshine, we'll get by. We pass all around till the job is dry. Camped out in the trees, you will simplify in good company.